Hello, my name is Anki Holst, and at the age of 19, I joined the Hare Krishnas. When I recorded this uh, podcast last time, I thought I would go straight on to the next part of my life, which was moving to Sweden and all that. But seeing that I'm still learning and I still have to speak louder and faster and maybe make a pause at the end of a sentence rather than in the middle of it. I thought I'd I'd speak a bit more about my time in Cologne, trying to make this better. And I'm still nervous when I record. Uh, I leave things out that I was going to say. So this is episode two and a half of my journey um, through being a Hare Krishna and then getting out. So we're talking about the years 91 to 94. I was 20... 21, 22, and I was at my most fanatical and productive, I think. And last time when I was talking about this time, I, of course I was hesitant, because I'm always hesitant, but I said it was kind of okay. And in hindsight, no, it wasn't just kind of okay. It was actually my best years. And it was that thing I had... Finally, after the months of being tired and being trying to just survive and constantly fighting something, of course, because I know what I was fighting. I was, you know, my doubts and all of that. But when, when you've done that and it feels like a victory, of course, in hindsight, it's not a victory, but you actually get a payoff of being completely and entirely focused and being completely 100% your your thoughts really have stopped arguing when when you've you've done this process for a few months and and that's the time that you spend that's the kind of honeymoon period that a lot of people experience and uh, it's very you you think that's happiness do you think you're you're really you think that's you know you have achieved a clarity of thought and you've achieved um a a kind of yeah a kind of perfection a kind of a total alignment with the, the the cause and nothing else exists for you and yeah in that in that in that state you just run around and do whatever you're told which is for some people selling books for me it was selling paintings door to door and so you do you do the program in the morning they they tell you it's like military they tell you exactly when to get up and when to chant and when to read and when to eat and when to go out to work and then you um i think at that time i ate i had one one hot meal a day and then for the rest of the day i made myself some energy balls you know, dry fruits and nuts and things and in the evening we just had a light a glass of milk or something and 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 you slept and then you went you did again the same thing the next morning and yeah it was this it was that state that lots of people elevate to some kind of 
absolute perfection and and then you pay the price of it for, for it for the rest of your life basically and that's kind of that that uh, that state I think a lot is what a lot of people try to pursue when they try to find their sense of purpose and their sense of working with uh, this absolute I, I, I'm using the word devotion but you know working so it doesn't feel like work working like on something that you absolute 100% stand behind and you put your whole uh, self and your soul and your all your creativity and every waking moment is 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 used in the service to that purpose and a lot of people think that is that is something to be achieved but I have had that and I know what it did to me and I, I know what it how much I paid to first of all achieve it and then get out of that so that's kind of the point of this 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 podcast and and that's why I think I also have to tell the story of how I got into that and how I got out of course it's yeah it's very extreme to do that for the Hare Krishnas but a lot of people do it for something that they've themselves created and it isn't really that different because this this kind of 100% sense of purpose that's that's what a lot of people are going after so back to my story we yeah like i described last time we were doing this for about a year traveling around in a van and after that year we we opened our base in cologne and and that's when I started going out by myself and I was still very, very focused doing that. But of course, you then start, because you spend more time on your own, it already starts to fade away, this this kind of complete absorption. And, you know, the Hare Krishnas have their words for all of this. You start spacing out and you start not being focused. And it's it, it, has, it has different connotations when you're talking from the inside and from the outside and I was it's really interesting because I loved being on my own and for some time we tried something else when the paintings when the economy in Germany started being affected by a reunification we started different things to raise money and there was this other business idea that they had which wasn't just an idea it was uh, candles so they were making these multicolored kind of lacy candles in the workshop and uh, we were going to south Germany where the tastes were still a little bit more frilly than in the north and probably still are now and and sold those candles and for one week I, that I remember really clearly I was in the van by myself and I was going around the, the black forest and that was amazing <laughs> I still remember that week so well and you know, that business didn't really work, for one thing, because the candles were really, really fragile. And in a van, there's just a limit to how much you can keep them safe. And also, I hated those candles. <laughs> Anyways, uh, but yeah, just traveling on my own was just such a relief. But then, the, the, then there was the fact that whenever you relaxed a little bit, you lost your focus and then you couldn't really deal anymore. And that was immediately after after that time when I was hyper-focused, that, that one year when we were traveling uh, around Cologne and Dusseldorf. 
then I already started feeling that those those different forces pulling me into different directions and and it just yeah it had stopped being fun by then and it started being really difficult but we wouldn't talk to each other and I didn't feel entitled because the Hare Krishnas have all of those ways of making you feel bad for feeling anything or reading a newspaper or doing anything differently. Um, at that time I still wasn't listening to any music that wasn't, you know, Krishna conscious and I wasn't able to, you know, consider moving anywhere because I was, by then I was so scared of the outside world, even though I was moving around in it every day, but I wasn't relating to any of the people really outside of my sales mantra that I was using. So it was really really by then it was obvious that I wasn't enjoying it anymore and it was a struggle and but it was by then I was so unable to move outside of those constraints that you you find yourself once once you've had that honeymoon period yeah so I ended up considering other places I could go to but those places obviously had to be Hare Krishna places. And what I remember walking around with my paintings in Cologne one day and uh, ended up at a printer's and they were using letterpress technology, which I had learned back in my study days. And I did that for a year, so um, I, I, I know how to do that. and. We were talking about it, and and I said, yeah, yeah, you can always come work here, and I totally, that that was such an outrageous idea that it gave me sleepless nights, that, you know, that I even considered that I felt so guilty for days, I was absolutely not able to consider, yeah, moving, you know, I mean, I wasn't Cologne, you know, the opportunities in Cologne was endless of doing other things than being in a Hare Krishna temple. But no, my mind was completely washed. And I was, like, my identity was completely caught up in being a Hare Krishna and I wasn't anything else. Yeah, and then at some point I was becoming just too burnt out for going back on, back out with paintings. You know, it was, it was, you tried and it just wasn't working. For weeks and weeks, nothing came back. And, you know, again, that was partly because the economy and partly because I just didn't have the same kind of focus I used to. And then at that time, we had already opened our um, temple and then, and then the restaurant downstairs was opened and it was really nice. And then I started working there and the kitchen was amazing. And... Already back when I was still going out every day, my my last service of the day was cleaning the kitchen floor on my knees because, you know, cleaning is supposed to clean your heart. I still have, I still have a kind of iffy relationship with cleaning floors because of that. Can you believe it? Yes. Anyways, so the restaurant, uh, fun story from running the restaurant where... I was standing in a sari behind the counter. We had some. We had a mix of 
jelly kind of foods with freshly cooked meals. All vegetarian, of course. All offered to Krishna, of course. And one of the we were one of the first vegetarian restaurants in Cologne, and that was nice. But we were on the wrong side of the Rhine, and there was hardly any parking, and there was no walk-in customer custom, and uh, so that didn't help. But one night, I was standing behind the counter in my sari, and it was about eight o'clock in the evening, and suddenly a bunch of about three, four American youth piled in through the door and asked, do you have food? Give us food. And they turned out to be two <laughs> hardcore, straight-edge bands from around New York. And that's how I met the guys from Shelter in 108. And yeah, we fed them and they were pretty happy. And they stuck around for a few days. And that was really strange because obviously I'm not a, you know, sort of straight edge music. But that we started listening to their music and I think that gave me a push to hold on for another few years. Or so. So suddenly my life went from oh all quiet to this. So <laughs> so uh, this is officially called uh Krishna core because it's hardcore and uh the Shelter were the first band that uh, did hardcore with a, a Hare Krishna message. And there are still quite a few of them around. So obviously they rocked my world for obviously while they were there, but also uh, for a long time after that. It sounded like... We just didn't just listen to this stuff in the temple. We actually went to their gigs and not just around Cologne, but actually traveled to, to get to their gigs and stuff. So for a while I became uh, quite a groupie. But obviously they were all monks, so not like that. But yeah, that's, but it really just motivated me to stick around for longer. So in hindsight, yes, fun, but uh, without it, I probably would have left sooner. It's sort of double-edged sword at this point. And yeah, funny story that uh, I I kind of liked one of their guys, but never did anything about her because obviously I don't have, the, you know, any confidence. But a friend of mine actually went to America to marry one of their guys and they're still married and they have three kids now. And it's really nice, we're still in touch. Their eldest son is about as old as my kid, so... <laughs> Yeah, so, so much about shelter. And other things that happened in that time, weird things. Uh, there was a, a, an, an exorcism in the temple where we got one of those Indian brahmanas who really just travels around ISKCON because ISKCON takes his stuff seriously. Chiteshwara, I think. He, he chanted some mantras and did some big uh, sacrifice. And Boy George came around to visit us <laughs> during that sacrifice because he also figured he had some ghostly problems. 
so that was fun. And apart from that, yeah, I kept learning things in the kitchen, uh, kept baking bread, cleaning the floor, and um, and around late uh, 1993, I got a call from Sweden. Well, I didn't get a call, obviously, because, you know, I was just a little cog. Uh, but the authorities got a call and agreed that I could finally go to Sweden where they had wanted my my book publishing learning skills for a while because in Sweden there was the, the publishing house for North Europe and also including Russian and Eastern European languages and I had a few skills and so I had my, my, my printing skills and typesetting and editing skills and I also had learned Russian so that was useful and they wanted me as soon as I joined really but I wasn't allowed to go there because for me to me it was told it was a difficult environment but obviously my my running around and making money skills were too useful for the, the German <laughs> temples so they kept me until I ran out of that yeah so in the next episode I guess I will finally go to Sweden where things got really difficult. So I'll talk to you next time.